Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Ramadan Mubarak to you and yours. This Ramadan, as we all gather to share a meal with our loved ones, we need to remember those in Gaza who are also gathering to share a meal with so many who aren't there that were just there a year ago. Since October the 7th, the Human Development Fund has assisted over 200,000 people in Gaza, providing them with essential aid, such as food baskets, water, hot meals, winter items, shelter, hygiene kits, and baby formula. Your generous contributions are making a significant impact, especially in Rafah. Let's sustain this momentum and continue providing crucial support during this sacred and blessed month. Please visit hdfund.org slash qalam. That's hdfund.org slash qalam, Q-A-L-A-M, to learn more about our global reach this Ramadan and choose where you'd like to direct your support during this blessed month. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this month a time of mercy, solace, acceptance, and triumph for the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And may Allah continue to use all of us as a means and never replace us. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Alhamdulillah, since last Ramadan, over 4 million people have benefited from, listened to, and downloaded the Qalam Podcast. Tens of thousands of people have benefited from and learned from the various classes, intensives, and seminars that Qalam provides. And inshallah, this Ramadan will be providing even more beneficial content, lectures, and programming for people all around the world, free of any cost or charge to them. In order for us to keep doing this work, we need your support, we need your help, we need you to be our partners in this Sadaqah Jariyah. Please go to supportqalam.com. That's support, Q-A-L-A-M, supportqalam.com, and provide your most generous support. Millions of people all around the world are inshallah bi'idnillah going to benefit from all of this work and this will be your sadaqah jariyah for the eternal life of the hereafter. We really appreciate having you as part of the Qalam team and supporting us in this work, this mission, this cause. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. alhamdulillah wa salatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa ashabihi jameen. Shake your next, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to go too long. Okay. Um, alhamdulillah. First of all, we want to say alhamdulillah that Allah Ta'ala allowed us to be here and that Allah Ta'ala gathered us here on this night, the 25th of Ramadan, alhamdulillah. Um, we pray that it's a blessed night. And uh, my mother texted me and said, I think it's Laylatul Qadr. So, <laughs> and, and, and like... I should probably explain, she just, she's not like that. She doesn't, she's not the WhatsApp forwarding like, like uh, mom. So for her to say that, uh, she definitely reorganized my schedule for the rest of the night, alhamdulillah. Because now I just got to take it seriously, more seriously than I would have, subhanAllah. So we ask Allah Ta'ala to accept from us and allow us to perform our actions. Allahumma, innaka, 
عفوا تحب العفو فاعفو عنا at least we can say that once inshallah because that's what the prophet sallallahu he instructed us to say uh, through his wife Aisha radiallahu anha so we have so far covered um, the journey to the for, or the journey of the soul uh, on the day of judgment and Ustada Fatima in particular but everybody you know Mufti Muntasir Mufti Kamani began with the idea of when a person's life ends Mufti Muntasir talked about you know he he elaborated further Ustada Fatima talked about the day of judgment there's all these scenes and experiences that are uh, truly you know just left up to the imagination they're very overwhelming and they're very intimidating and part of the reason why the Quran and Hadith, they talk about these moments with such strong language, is because human beings are prone to forget. And we are people that constantly, you know, we waver, we make mistakes, and so it's natural for us to have to be redirected. That's why Surah Al-Fatiha, which is the only chapter in the Quran that a person has to recite in their Salah, everything else is up to your choice. The only chapter that's mandated as part of your Salah is Surah Al-Fatiha. That's why Allah Ta'ala in Surah Al-Fatiha mentions Maliki Yawmiddin. There's, there's a reference to the day of resurrection, the day of judgment, where everyone is going to have to stand and is going to have to have their books opened and audited and discussed with Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. They're going to have to go through their hisab. And so we ask Allah Ta'ala to make that easy for us and that all of our good is magnified and all of our mistakes are erased before then, Ya, ya Allah. But there's an interesting moment, and this moment, it seems like an outlier moment, like an extenuating circumstance. But this moment is actually something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given, and he's given this moment specifically to this ummah. The Prophet in a hadith, he said that he was given five things that the nations of the past, even though those messengers also came from Allah, but the Prophet ﷺ was given a gift of five different things that were unique to him and to his ummah. And one of those things, there are five and they're lengthy, but one of them, the last one that he mentions, is he mentions that Allah gave me the gift of a shafa'ah, of interceding. Interceding, intercession, is really just a fancy word for showing your love for someone when they're in a tough spot. Like when somebody needs your help and you do everything you can, you do whatever it is in your power to get them out of that difficult moment, that is intercession. So if somebody is able to make a phone call for you, if someone is able to put, be, be a reference for you, if someone is able to give them, give you their points, Right, let's say this happened actually in front of me the other day. There was a brother who had to take a flight. It was an emergency. He was booking last minute. And somebody said, hey, you know what? I have a ton of points that are going to expire. You go ahead and use them. He interceded on his behalf. He gave him a way out of a tough situation because of his love for him. So intercession is a fancy word. But if we think about what it means on the day of judgment, as detailed by all the previous scholars and speakers, we are going to be potentially in a difficult spot. We're going to find ourselves in a tough moment because we know, we know ourselves. We know that we have not been perfect. We know that we've accrued a hefty amount of, of, of mistakes and of, of negligence. And we know that we, and if we're going to be vulnerable, 
we know that maybe we haven't even sought forgiveness properly. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his mercy for us, he gave our messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam this gift. And the Prophet ﷺ was given this gift, and this was something also that he lived in his everyday life. The Prophet ﷺ didn't, is not just waiting for the Day of Judgment for this gift, and I'm going to explain what it is. Um, but he used to consistently and constantly pray and, and give good tidings, glad tidings, good news to people in his time all the time. There would be people that would ask him, Ya Rasulullah, make dua for me that Allah you know, enters me into paradise. And he would do it for them. He would ask Allah consistently. But there's one hadith that I love. It's the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha. And she narrates that one time she says she was with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And she saw him and she said, I saw that he had a face that was cheerful. He was in a very good mood. So she asked him, she said, Ya Rasulullah, Ida'ullah Ali, O Messenger of God, right? Pray for me. Like, give me a dua. And so he responded, Faqala, Allahumma ghfirli Aishata, ma taqaddama min dhambiha, wa ma taakhara. O Allah, please grant your forgiveness to Aisha, radiallahu anha, for any mistake that she made in her past and whatever might be coming. Wa ma asarrat, wa ma a'lanat. That, and whatever she has kept secret, like a mistake that no one knows about, and whatever mistake might be something that somebody knows about. So he made dua for her, a beautiful comprehensive dua, right? He covered the x-axis and the y-axis, right? He covered past, present, future, and he covered hidden and uh, apparent. So all of her sins now are gathered in this. So the hadith says, فَدَحِكَتْ Aisha." She became so overwhelmed by this amazing dua that she started to laugh. Not, not like laughing out of humor, but her smile expanded and she had too much smile. So she started laughing, like giggling, right? Like how happy she was. Imagine the Prophet saw someone praying for you. You know, you ask someone to pray for you and you're like, pray for me. And then you walk away, you're like, I don't know if that's going to work out. Like, <laughs> like you know, it's a, it's a toss up at this point, like me or them. I don't know. If the Prophet is praying for you, you know, like you are, you are very confident that this is going to go very well. And then it says, فَدَحِكَتْ عَائِشَ حَتَّى سَقَطَ رَأْسَهَا فِي حِجْرِ That and she laughed so hard. She was laughing. She was so giddy at this dua that she went, uh, I, didn't, I didn't say the proper context. She, when he was saying this, her head was in his lap. She was laying down and her head was resting on his thigh. And he had his hand on her and he was making dua for her like this. And so she, she got so excited that her head fell off his lap. Okay? And uh, the Prophet, ﷺ, he said, uh, du'a'i? He said, Did my dua make you happy? And Faqalat, said, And Ya Rasulullah, what could I say about your dua that didn't make me happy? Like, what an incredible thing you said to me. You ready for this, guys? He says, Faqala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wallahi, innaha la du'a'i li ummati fi kulli salatin. He said, I swear to you, Aisha, I make this du'a for my ummah in every prayer. She thought she was getting something exclusive, and you're getting it in every salah the Prophet prayed. 
he makes the same dua for you. This was who he was. He was somebody that saw his life as an intercession for everybody. He saw his life as an opportunity, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, not just as a teacher and as a role model and as a, as a person delivering the, the, the wahi, but how can I spend my time praying for my ummah? Because he knew, he knew that there would be people. He knew that we would come and that we would want to do well and fail and struggle and stumble. He knew that. And so he took his time and his moments and his special moments with Allah and he said, oh Allah, forgive my ummah for all the sins they committed and whatever they will commit, whatever they did in private, whatever they did in public. She thought she was getting something special, but we were all included in that. This is why we say, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Can you imagine? Can you imagine there's someone praying for you in a way that you don't even pray for yourself? Like how many of us have made this dua for ourselves tonight? And the Prophet ﷺ made it for you five times a day, if not more. So shafa'ah was not just a moment, it was also something that the Prophet ﷺ lived. He thought about and he made dua for the ummah all the time. Aisha, another narration that uh, uh, she narrates. Uh, sorry, Abu Dhar, I apologize. Abu Dhar, a companion of the Prophet ﷺ, he narrates that one time he was laying down and he was resting. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, the Prophet ﷺ was praying and he was reciting out loud and I only heard him saying one ayah over and over and over again until he would literally make ruku with it and he would make sujood with it and then he would come back and he would keep reciting it over and over again, right? What ayah was that? The ayah was, that in tu'adhimhum fa'innahum ibaduk wa in taghfir lahum fa'innaka anta al-azizul hakim. The ayah from, uh, from Surah Al-Ma'idah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where Allah ta'ala mentions the, the dua, Oh Allah, if you punish them, they are your servants. If you punish them, oh Allah, they're your servants. It's almost like when a person is upset with somebody, like with their children or something, and a person reminds them, hey, don't be too harsh. They're your kids, man. They're your kids. So in this dua, the dua being made to Allah is, oh Allah, your servants are not perfect, but if you punish them, they're your servants. It's not like they're your rebels. Your servants make mistakes. That, oh Allah, and if you choose to forgive them, then verily you are the one who is almighty and who is all wise. So when the Prophet ﷺ woke up in the morning, the hadith continues, فَلَمَّا أَصْبَحَ قُلْتُ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ When he woke up, I said to him, يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ مَا زِلْتَ تَقْرَأَ هَذِهِ الْآيَةِ حَتَّى أَصْبَحَتْ تَرْكَعُوا بِهَا وَتَشْجُدُ بِهَا Ya Rasulullah, what was, the, what was the, the, the function of you reciting that ayah over and over and over again until I heard you make it every ruku and every sujood? Like, what, like is there some sort of thing? The Prophet ﷺ, he responded and he said, Inni sa'altu rabbi ash-shafa'ah. I asked my Lord to give me this gift. I asked for him to give me the ability to intercede li-ummati. Fa'ataniha. And in that moment, when I recited the verse over and over again, Allah gave me revelation and he granted me that gift. He granted me that gift. Na ilatun insha'Allah liman la yushrik uh, he gave me the gift and he only put one tiny condition on it. He said that you will be allowed to intercede 
for your ummah. You will be allowed to step in on the day of judgment when your ummah needs it the most. You will be allowed to step in. And we're going to talk about how that's going to happen for everyone except for one tiny category. And that is the person who worships other than Allah. So notice how every other sin that you could imagine, he could have said the person that doesn't pray, he could have said the person that doesn't do this, doesn't respect their parents, doesn't fast Ramadan. There were so many other disqualifiers. But the one disqualifier that the Prophet said Allah gave him was one that is very, very clear. Do not devote yourself to anyone besides Allah religiously and you will be eligible for the shafa'ah. Okay? The Prophet also said that I was given atani atin min indi rabbi. I was given a choice from my Lord. A visitor came to me from my Lord and he gave me a choice, meaning he offered me a, a, a proposition. And yadkhula nisfu ummati that I would be given absolutely definitively the ability to give half of my ummah jannah. And and yudkhila nisfa ummati al jannah. Like right away. Do you want this or wabaina shafa'ati? Fa'akhtartu a shafa'ah. Wahiya liman mata wala yushrik billahi shay'ah. And I chose a shafa'ah. All right, listen up. This is amazing. Subhanallah. Allah gave, by virtue of an angel, the Prophet ﷺ, a choice. You can, Ya Rasulullah, guarantee that half of your ummah will go to Jannah. This doesn't mean the other half's going to hell. I know a lot of us got nervous. We're like, whoo, good thing he didn't choose that one. No. This just means that half of the ummah is guaranteed. The other half is still eligible for all of the mercy Allah Ta'ala has. All of, do you guys get the point? So it's accounting for half of the people that, can, that identified and believed and died as Muslims that they would be given Jannah instantly. And then the other half are still, again, eligible for all that mercy and forgiveness that we all, inshallah, know about and hope for. And the Prophet said that as good as that offer was, there was something better. And this means the scholars of Hadith, when they explain this, they say the intercession of the Prophet, him representing you on the Day of Judgment, is going to enter more than half of the ummah into paradise. Because he would never choose the lesser, would he? He would only choose the one that's more. So he knew that by Allah giving him this gift, that more than what he was offered was on the table. And he had confidence in that. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Okay? And subhanAllah, it gets better. Abdullah bin Umar, he narrates that the Prophet Sallallahu said, that I had a choice. I had a choice. He's telling other companions. I had a choice. I chose a shafa'ah. Why? Because he says, It is more broad and it's more complete. My shafa'ah is going to include more people than half. Okay? Then he says, he asks his companions. As they're all sitting there like, yes, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. And then he says, let me remind you something. Because his companions are companions. He says, Do you think that my shafa is going to be for those really God-conscious God people? You think that basically the Prophet is going to walk in on the Day of Judgment and only those people he recognizes, he's going to say, you, 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 come with me. Okay, everyone else, good luck. No. He says, La. You think it's only for those who have who are, who are muttaqeen, they're God-conscious people? He says, لا, 
He says, I'm reserving that moment for those who are overflowing with mistakes and impurity. He's going to walk in and he's going to see the people who have the nur on their face and he's going to say, you're good. Out of the way for a second. That one who's hiding. This one who's afraid. This one who's trembling. This one who's shaking. All of you who are trying to run the other way, come with me. Take my hand. Let's go. Because the others, he's, inshallah, you're good. The others, come with me. May Allah Ta'ala allow us to be amongst those people that are with him, taken by his hand. Okay? Now, the shafa' intercession is also something that we learn. I don't have enough time for this because I know everyone's super tired. But it's such an amazing topic. There are things you can do that also give you this intercession. Okay, there are things you can do that also give you... I'm not going to go over the list, but there's one hadith in particular that hit me so deep, subhanAllah. You know, I'm, I'm a big advocate of... In Islam, in our ummah, we don't have religious class. We don't have religious class. We don't separate ourselves and others based on this self-identified, proclaimed religiosity. We don't do this. It's not how the Prophet ﷺ lived. All the most inspirational hadith that we hear about his life were all him interacting with people that were not his level. You get it? But then all of a sudden we turn around and we're like, all right, in the community, we need all the hijabis over here. All the non-hijabis over here. All the bearded guys right here. All the clean-shaven folk over here. You can't mix. <laughs> like, none of you can be friends with each other. Like, that's essentially, when we're young, there's all this conversation of, you can identify someone's religious state by how they look, and that once you identify the religious state, do not associate with someone that you identify as less than you. It's a very common, I, I mean, we travel the country. This is what people say. My parents don't want me to be friends with who? Because of this, because of that. And these are all very surface low, like foam on the ocean. It means nothing. Listen to this hadith. It will blow your mind. The Prophet Sallallahu he said, he said, he says that I swear by the one who holds my soul in his hand. That there are none of you that will have more of an amazing opportunity to claim your right on the day. This is crazy. He says, there is no one amongst you that on the day of judgment will have more of a chance to speak your claim than those of you who have brothers and sisters in the hellfire. And they will look and they will say, يَقُولُونَ Rabbana, Oh Allah, I see them there. They fasted with me. They prayed next to me. And I made hajj with them. So one person makes it, and they look over and they see in the fire their friends or their family. And they say, Ya Allah, I was with them. We prayed tarawih. I made it, they didn't. And the person's looking up at their friend and they're saying, I was with you. I, I messed up. I was with you though. And the Prophet is saying, on that day, this person will be able to say, Ya Allah, please, just by that one prayer that we joined together, like, please, 
We, we broke fast for 30 days. I know that after that, we went different ways. But they were my buddy for iftar. During tarawih, we used to drive to Qiyams together. We used to try to get to VR together. We used to try to go to Qalam together. Please, Ya Allah. And Allah Ta'ala, فَيُقَالُ لَهُمْ أَخْرِجُوا مَنْ عَرَفْتُمْ Okay. It will be said to them, take out whoever you recognize. Take out whoever you know. فَتُحَرِّمُوا صُوَّرَهُمْ عَلَى النَّارِ And Allah will make their, their uh, uh, bodies and their faces impermissible for the fire. The fire can't touch it. And that moment, a majority of these people who are in the hellfire, who are Muslims, will be taken out. Just because you had that one friend. This religious classism, it doesn't work. It doesn't work practically, and it doesn't work in the afterlife. We all need to be around and with people that we admire and that inspire us. And if... You have to protect yourself because you know your own vulnerabilities, right? You know that if maybe let's say I'm already kind of weak with my prayers and I'm with people that are also kind of weak with their prayers. <laughs> keep in mind, one of y'all has to make a agenda to do this. <laughs> like we can't all be in hell and be like, oh man, like I thought you were going to be. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> one of us has to make it to the league, you know what I mean? In order for all of us to live good. <laughs> but the point being is, the point being is, don't, we, we don't sacrifice our own iman, but at the same time, man, we have to learn how to live and love each other. Because subhanAllah, and we don't know, man, and we don't know. I know all you guys are looking at your Hafiz friends. <laughs> and you're like, just look, just don't forget this face, okay? Uh, but... But subhanAllah, you have no idea, man. You have no idea who is going to be that person who's going to recognize you, right? Make sure that your friends group, make sure that you build, when you build your relationships around Allah, when you love each other for Allah's sake, when you meet and depart for the sake of Allah, which Ramadan is like such an amazing experience because of that, man, you, these lifelong relationships that you form around these 30 nights and these last 10 nights in particular, this might be the reason why you're out. This might be it. Even saying salam to someone at the masjid. You know, like the people that maybe need you to help them because of their ACLs with their chair or something <laughs> or open the door for them or serve them food. What if they remember you because of that moment? And they're the one who made it. And they're like, you held the door open for me. Every night you saw me walking slowly. Every night you saw me, you handed me your plate first. You were the one who grabbed the date and handed it to me every night when I broke my fast. I remember you. And the Prophet says, So many of the creation are going to be taken out because of that. Allah Ta'ala will give us that privilege to be those not who are only removed, but those who can help remove, inshallah. Okay. Last one, and then I want to tell how it's going to happen. The Prophet said, according to Ibn Umar, he said that the Prophet, وسلم, oh subhanAllah, this is really sad. SubhanAllah. He says, Kunna numsiku anil istighfar lil ahl kabair. Ibn Umar, this is exactly what I was talking about. SubhanAllah. 
Ibn Umar said, we used to hold ourselves back out of, out of shyness. We used to hold ourselves back on al-istighfar li-ahl al-kaba'iri. We used to be very careful not to seek forgiveness for the people of grave sins, big sins. We just used to not even utter their names on our tongues. We didn't want to associate with them. Hatta sami'na nabiyyana sallallahu Until we heard the words of our messenger sallallahu And he said, Yaqulu inni addakhirtu shafa'ati he says, I have delayed my intercession. Because one of the hadith mentions that the Prophet ﷺ, every Prophet was given a dua that was answered. And the Prophet ﷺ said, I held my dua for the afterlife. Every other Prophet made their dua. They made their dua and they got it in this life. And when the Prophet ﷺ was given that choice, he held it. Why? For us, for the afterlife, for the interest, for the shafa'ah. Literally, that's what the hadith says. So he says, do you ever wonder why I did that? I did that for the people from my ummah who carry big sins. So Ibn Umar said, we used to hold our tongues from praying for them. And our teacher, our messenger, taught us that he actually was holding his dua for them. The same people that we were too ashamed to mention them. And then he says, فَأَمْسِكْنَا عَنْ كَثِيرٍ مِمَّا كَانَ فِي أَنْفِسِنَا he says, we, 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 we corrected, we turned course inside. And instead of being judgmental or towards them, all of a sudden now we had so much hope for them. This is one of my favorite ahadith. It's actually in the back of roots. <laughs> on the back wall, all the way on the left, there's this hadith because this hadith is when I leave at night, turn off the lights, this is what I have to see. This, this line. <laughs> the Prophet ﷺ is saying that my intercessions for the people who have big mistakes, because I have a lot. <laughs> and I know that I'm not going to be able to do it on the Day of Judgment by myself at all. I'm not going to be able to get in by myself at all. And so... When we were choosing pieces, I chose that one. And I chose that hadith because I want it to be a reminder to me and to everybody. Before you leave, as you look at the space, as you're leaving, that last hadith, we're going to have cards that explain everything. I want you all to know that the Prophet ﷺ was looking out for you. Let me share with you the hadith about how this is going to happen. SubhanAllah. And then I'm done. Mufti Muntasar talked about the Day of Judgment and how... And Ustad Fatima, how like absolutely overwhelming it's going to be. How everyone's going to be running. We talked about that. So on the day of judgment, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, it's narrated in Bukhari and Muslim. Anas bin Malik said, the Prophet sallallahu said that on the day of judgment, there will be hordes of people, unimaginable amounts of people. More than Suhurfas. <laughs> I want like and again, just imagine the most people you've ever seen. So for me, like Arafah, the day of Hajj. Or if you've been to Umrah and you've seen the, the Mataf, like Tawaf full, like just imagine like more than you ever imagined. All of these people will be running, sprinting as fast as they can. 
to somebody that can help them, right? The, the only thing I can think of in my head is like when someone's running late for a flight or when there's like a group of people that are in trouble, like this panic sets in. And so instead of like sitting, strategizing, okay, who can we go to? They start running to whoever they see. So on the day of judgment, these people run and they go first to none other than Prophet Adam alayhi salam. And they arrive at Adam alayhi salam. And they say, oh, Prophet Adam, intercede for us because we are your offspring. Intercede for us. Like, come on, surely Allah Ta'ala created you. You're so honored. You're the first of creation, the first of human creation. Surely you have some leverage for us. And Adam alayhi salam says that what? That's not for me. It's not for me. Then he says, but you should go to Prophet Ibrahim because he's the Khalil of Allah. Allah called him his intimate friend. They're close friends. So surely he can help you out. So then everyone goes to Ibrahim alayhi salam. Ya Ibrahim. Ya Khalil Allah. You're the close friend of Allah. Come on. Allah, you're Abel Anbiya. You're the father of all prophets. Like you're the... You know, you're the reason why all of this, you're, the Prophet Muhammad, our Prophet, is an answer to your dua. Surely you can step in and intercede for us. Ibrahim says that, that's not for me. I'm not worthy of it. And then he says, but you should go to Musa. He's Kalim Allah. He spoke to Allah. You're asking me to speak to Allah? I can't do it. That, he already did. Go to him. We go to Musa salam. We say, Ya Musa, please, you spoke to Allah, just speak to him again on our behalf. He says, I'm not worthy of it. You should go to Isa. He's already miraculous. Maybe he can have another miracle for you. We go to Isa. He says the same thing. I'm not, it's not for me. But go to Muhammad. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the Prophet is narrating this. And he says, everyone will come to me at that moment, fear on their face, rejected five times, not sure what's going to happen, thinking the worst, and they're going to say, yeah, Muhammad, please intercede for us. And he's going to say, I'll do it. He says, I shall then leave and I shall go to the presence of my Lord. And he will grant me permission to stand. And I will stand before him and I will praise him. And I will make dua to him with my head lowered in a way that I am unable to do now. This is going to be a moment that Allah will grant him. And then I will fall down in sujood before my Lord and he will say, Ya Muhammad, irfa'ratsak. Oh Muhammad, lift your head. And he will say, speak and ask, and I will give you whatever you want to ask for. Let's pause. We know what's going to happen, but we need to think about what he could have asked for. His mother and father, Abu Talib, people he loved, and he, he could have asked for them. And he doesn't. Because his love is for his ummah. 
And he says, oh Allah. He says one word, he says ummati. He can't even say it. Can't even say, oh Allah, forgive my name. He says, oh Allah, ummati. Ummati. And he will say, Oh Allah, ummati, ummati. And Allah Ta'ala will say, I've heard you. Whoever has in their heart an atom of faith, then remove them from the hellfire and grant them Jannah. Whoever has even smaller than that, Allah Ta'ala says, after that, he says, and whoever has even smaller than that. Because you're like, what about subatomic? <laughs> I don't even have an atom. <laughs> what about subatomic, ya Allah? Allah says, whoever even has less than that, remove their name from the hellfire and place them in Jannah. And the Prophet Sallallahu says, and then I will do so. This is it, man. All the horrors, all the nightmares leading up to this point. And out of everybody on that day, no one, as much as you thought that you were tight, that you loved each other, everything, parents, friends, everybody, right? For sure, you're going to be there for me? I'll be there for you. No one will have the capacity to be there for you except for one, and he will be there for you. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This isn't, this isn't made up. This isn't something. I'm not, I didn't just, this, my iPad screen is on. I am reading. And you know what's crazy? This is obviously affecting all of us. It's obvious, I cry all the time, but it's affecting all of us. <laughs> I did nothing more tonight than read the words of the Prophet ﷺ himself. Put this together. You're not emotional because of me. You're emotional because of him. All you did was hear his words, Wasallam. I didn't read it and then go on an hour-long thing about what I think. I said, An Aisha. On Ibn Umar, on Abu Dhar, on Anas bin Malik, on so-and-so. I'm just telling you what he said. Do you see what happens when you connect with your Prophet? Do you see what happens when you take a little bit of time to figure out how he thought about you, what he said about you, what he's going to do for you? It's nice to do it here, but you can always have this connection to him. Let this connection grow so that on the Day of Judgment, when he is, when he sees us running to him, maybe he'll smile because he sees your face and he recognizes you because of your connection to him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You don't want to meet him and not know anything about him, right? It'd be pretty embarrassing. We should meet him and know as much as we can, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's the least we could do. For what he's going to do for us, it's the least we could do. We ask Allah Ta'ala to accept from us. We ask Allah Ta'ala to allow us to be those people that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam intercedes for. We ask Allah Ta'ala to allow us to be people that have our names written on the list of paradise. We ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive us of our sins. We ask Allah Ta'ala to allow us to, to, to see and to experience and to benefit from Laylatul Qadr. And we ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive us of all of our shortcomings and allow us to leave here free of all of our mistakes and that all of our good deeds are magnified and increased and multiplied for his sake. Ya Rabbil Alameen, salatu wassalamu ala rasulil kareem, subhanakallahu wa bihamdik, nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruk wa tuwilik. Assalamu alaikum.